This is the All Into Clemson Football Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. What's up, everybody? Briley here. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. I'm excited because on today's episode, I am going to play for you an interview that I had yesterday with Hale McGranahan. He is a reporter for 24-7 Sports, and he writes for TheBigSpur.com, which, of course, covers South Carolina football. Now, why are we talking South Carolina football during this crazy week? Well, Unfortunately, we haven't had a chance to talk about the Shane Beamer hire, so I wanted to get a little inside scoop on what's happening there in Columbia, what the folks think of that hire in South Carolina, and what this means for their recruiting class, and really, most importantly, what does this mean when South Carolina faces Clemson? Is South South Carolina going to start getting a little better over the next couple of years? Uh, Hale and I discussed that, and he does a great job of uh, telling us all the details about this hire, so stick around for that. Now, don't forget to join us again on Friday because David Hood, who is a senior writer for TigerNet.com, he is going to be joining Carter and me to not only break down this massive, massive matchup in the ACC championship, of course, Clemson, Notre Dame, can't wait for that. So he's going to help us do that, but he's also going to give us uh, the inside understanding of what happened this week during early signing period for the Tigers. A good class, a bad class. David is going to help us answer that question. And he's also, again, going to help us break down the Notre Dame game, which is going to be fun. So be sure to come back on Friday for that. All right. Before we listen to the interview, I do want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Fanatics. If you've been listening to this podcast at all, then you know by now that Fanatics not only has the best selection of great Clemson gear out there at a great price, by the way, but they also sell uh, super lucky gear. Okay. So I bought stuff right before the Notre Dame game from a different store and I wore it and Clemson lost. So I got rid of that stuff because obviously it's cursed. And then I went to fanatics.com and I bought some new Clemson gear and guess what? They haven't lost since. So yes, I'm here to put my stamp of approval on that lucky gear from fanatics and I've made it super easy for you. Okay. So while you're listening to the interview here in a second, all you need to do is open the podcast app or the website that you're listening to this episode on, and there's a link that says, get a great deal on Clemson gear here. It'll take you straight to the awesome Clemson gear that Fanatics has on sale right now. They're running some great sales, and so now would be a great time for you to find an awesome gift for that special tiger in your life. (laughs) That sounds kind of weird. Special Clemson tiger in your life, okay? So go ahead and head over there right now, and uh, let's go ahead and listen to the interview with Hale McGranahan. Here with me today, we have Hale McGranahan, who is a reporter with 24-7 Sports and their South Carolina website, TheBigSpur.com. How, uh, what's everything like in Columbia these days? Uh, interesting, Bro. Uh, lot, lots happening, uh, as I'm sure your listeners are, are pretty well aware of with the comings and goings of the football program, uh, head coach and, and all that. So, uh, yeah, pretty busy. Yeah, we like to keep our pulse on what's happening, happening, uh, you know, in Columbia with our with our brothers over there. So, uh, well, tell us about this. Uh, Shane Beamer, uh, he probably wasn't on the top of many coaching searches, you know, the list for uh, a ton of places. He wasn't like the hot name, but I've been seeing a lot more of this recently where people are pointing out that oftentimes the can't miss guy or the hot coach and the hot name. It hasn't really been working out for programs. So how does how do South Carolina 
uh, fans feel about the hire? And do you think that he's the right man for the job? Yeah, I think most most people who are doing a lot of the talking about it online, especially the Big Spur, uh, folks on social media seem to be real excited about it. And they certainly were during the hiring process with with uh, that like three or four weeks that, that there was one going on. Uh, there was a lot of momentum that built up uh, over the course of that time to to where it was pretty clear that that Beamer was the fan favorite. And, and sure enough, he was the favorite for the people whose opinions actually matter when it comes to making the hire. So whether it's, uh, you know, high ranking members uh, on, on the board of trustees and within the university structure uh, or former players and, and, and folks of, of various influence were, were pretty high on Shane Beamer. And, and sure enough, here he is. And it's uh, Tuesday, the day before his first signing day, and he's officially official with, with his contract. So it's, uh, it's an exciting time for, for most folks. And I think, the biggest thing, in my opinion, when, when it comes to saying whether or not I think he's the right man for the job, uh, he, he's, he's the right man in that he, he certainly wants to be here. The, the, the football team here is coming off a, a relationship, so to speak, that uh, was a little bit turbulent at times, uh, sort of emotional, if you will. And, uh, and, and I think there's a little bit of uh, calm, calmness in the air because, you know, folks know Shane Beamer, Shane Beamer knows, knows this university, this city and, and uh, what it takes to, uh, to be successful here. Yeah. And I watched his press conference and he just seemed like a guy in charge and a guy comfortable with where he is right now. So um, how long do you think he has to get this, you know, to write the ship and what does he really need to accomplish in that amount of time for him to be considered successful there at USC? Yeah. Well, I guess it kind of depends on who you talk to when, when, when you want to say uh, how long, how long he's got to, to sort of prove it. Uh, I think some people are probably like, let's get through the summer. And when that first game rolls around, I can't remember who they open with next year. Uh, then, then that's when it starts. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to give him too much wiggle room uh, in part because of what's going on with Clemson and, and, all the pressure that comes with competing with them and, and how things are just sort of night and day between the two programs, that's always going to uh, amplify things for, for the head coach here and vice versa. I mean, we saw the same thing uh, when, when South Carolina was winning national championships in baseball, Jack, Jack Leggett uh, was on the hot seat pretty much uh, the entire way up until his, his time there ended. So yeah. uh, he, he's going to have to come out of the gates fire. And I think the circumstances uh, surrounding the end of Muschamp's tenure and, and uh, just sort of where the roster's at with uh, some of the guys who are, who are going to be coming off anyway. Like you, you lose guys like J.C. Horn, who's a first-round draft pick more than likely, and, and some other talented players on offense like Shai Smith, your best offensive lineman, Sedaris Sutcherson. I mean, you got holes, holes to fill, and uh, it was going to be tough for, for whoever it is, regardless of, of what's going on, like normal circumstances, I, I think. Uh, folks would kind of understand. And, and plus, you know, they like Shane Beamer. So I think they'll probably give him a little more wiggle room than, than Will Muschamp maybe had with some folks. Yeah. He seems like a nicer guy in general. So how's he going to try to fill those holes? Uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of time. He said he's, he's official now and it's the day before the early signing period. So not a whole lot of time for him to kind of cobble together, um, you know, to fill those holes or, you know, bring in different recruits. So, what you know? What's going to happen tomorrow with South Carolina's class, and what can they expect? Who are they going to expect to sign? And are there any surprises coming tomorrow? Yeah. So he he's been able to 
to connect with, with all the guys who are committed. There are 10 of them who are committed right now. And most will sign. I, I think uh, six or seven of them, I believe, have have confirmed that they will indeed sign. And uh, those those are sort of their more important important guys in the class. The quarterback, Colton Gauthier, is, he's going to enroll early along with uh, three other guys, Sam Reynolds, a wide receiver, Nick Barrett, a defensive lineman, and Marcellus Dial, a cornerback, who's, who's a JUCO guy. Uh, then, then one of the other two guys who, who we definitely know as of you know this recording, who will sign tomorrow is Omega Blake, the receiver from South Point High School up in Rock Hill. Uh, and, and you know, I alluded to guys who I think are really important. Quarterback, you always got to have a quarterback, so that's a big deal. And I think Omega Blake at this point is is the the best of the ten prospects in the class, and so I think that's important that they're able to get him him signed, sealed, and delivered tomorrow as well. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Um, can you help us understand the whole must-champ buyout situation and how South Carolina feels about Ray Tanner these days? Uh, it, it's it's a little complicated <laughs> for both of those answers. Uh, <laughs> That's why we're uh, asking you. I, I couldn't yeah. quite understand all of this. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't speak for everyone at South Carolina or everyone who's a South Carolina fan uh, and their opinion of Ray Tanner. Obviously, they run the gamut good and bad uh the buyout with Muschamp. some of the the big issue with the way things have, have sort of transpired over the last week and what's been reported uh the first thing i guess i'll start with is there was a a two million dollar reduction in salary that was basically taken on uh when when Muschamp wanted to get thomas brown the former running backs coach when, when he wanted to get him extended and get him more money. So basically Muschamp reworked things and, and agreed to, to basically give up $2 million in, in uh, his, his total buyout to get Thomas Brown some more money for his contract. So that was after the 2019 season, like last December. Uh, then, of course, Thomas Brown um, accepted a, a position with the LA Rams as their running backs coach, so he left. And uh, the contract was never signed. And, and part of the reason why I hadn't, it, I can't say why it wasn't signed, I, I, but it was never signed. And it turns out it's, it was a moot point because they didn't have to pay Thomas Brown uh, what that, what those terms were. Yeah. Um, so in a roundabout way, there's been a little bit of confusion of, of, of what that, that 13, or is it going to be $15 million that, that they would owe to Muschamp over the course of several years? I can't remember the exact, number but it's not like they would have to pay him you know 13 or 15 million dollars like before the end of the year which is i think gus malzahn with, with him being fired at auburn's owed, owed like 10 million dollars before the end of this year uh but anyway so the, the second part of the deal with Muschamp is is with uh, his contract is it subject to mitigation if he takes another job 2021 and beyond um so I guess the long and short of it from best I can uh, deduce is that basically if you have uh, mitigation in, in your contract, if you're making, you know, a million dollars working your new job, that a million dollars will be subtracted from the two and a half or whatever it's going to be that South Carolina would owe. So it would then make, you know, two, two and a half million minus one, one and a half million. And, I, and I, those aren't the, the exact terms, but, and obviously, he doesn't have another job yet, so I, I'm not real sure how that would look, or even if that's going to be a factor. And all these things, 
<clears throat> I should have started with this. All these things are still being negotiated right now between Muschamp's representation and uh, USC, basically. So yeah. uh, there, there's a lot to be determined at this point uh, when it comes to how much he's actually going to get paid. Gotcha. Well, in the end, that guy's been paid a lot of money not to coach at several several different places, and uh, it's it's sort of impressive <laughs> the way that he's pulled yeah, it off. Yeah, so, good for him. Yeah, and I think I read yesterday that Gus Malzahn's agent is the same as as Muschamp, so that guy's having a heyday today. That's for sure. But yeah, well, Jimmy Sexton's the guy's name, and he's uh, he's I, I don't I don't know what kind of personality he is, but he's like uh, the college football agent version of Ari from entourage. Like he, he yeah. represents like everybody. So it's pretty ridiculous how he, he can really control the whole deal basically. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, thanks for explaining that. Well, let's move on to something a little bit more uh, fun, hopefully uh, for you, for you all. And that's uh, again, Shane Beamer. So he seems, I mean, he's worked with a broad array of coaches throughout his career. What do you think he's going to bring to South Carolina from his, from his experiences with coaches like, uh, Kirby Smart and Lincoln Riley. Yeah, and even Steve Spurrier, his dad. I mean, just when you're able to see a lot of people who are successful at what they do and, and try to translate it into, into your job, it's it's uh, it's always a benefit no matter what field you're in. So uh, as far as specifics, I, I can't really say. I, I, I think probably the biggest assumption, or, or maybe not necessarily assumption, but the biggest thing that most people think is going to happen is, is – uh, Beamer will sort of bring in some of that offensive influence that he's picked up from Lincoln Riley. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are, are assuming it's going to be an air raid type of offense, something that that Oklahoma, something like Oklahoma runs, or or some something you would see from Mike Leach, or um, you know one of those types of Texas teams. And, and I say Texas teams because uh, SMU's offensive coordinator Garrett Riley has been linked to, to the job as, as offensive coordinator here at South Carolina. So, uh, and, and Garrett Riley is Lincoln's younger brother and, and they, you know, do a lot of the same things in terms of offensive philosophy. So, um, at, at this point, uh, I think it's safe to say his, his biggest influence, just the assumption, the biggest influence would be from, from Lincoln Riley and, and what he's looking to do on offense. And, I'm sure when it comes to, you know, the organization of, of your program, uh, he's probably got a little more of an, an up-to-date type of feel from Riley and Kirby Smart, of course. Uh, but I, I would think some of those basic fundamentals and, and things that, that everybody has wanted to do in college football over the years, uh, he, he can certainly have have a lot of that to draw from with his his experience watching his dad growing up working for his dad and also working for Steve Spurrier. Yeah. Okay. Well, you mentioned one uh, of the names, but what are some other names that we should be looking at uh, as he tries to fill his staff? Uh, there, there are a lot that have been floated out there. And the interesting thing about it, Briley, is there has not, there's not been a ton, ton of leaks in, in terms of national guys putting stuff out there. I mean, we at the Big Spur have had a few names floated around here and there and, Others have floated around. Um, other websites who cover South Carolina have floated some of the same ones, maybe a few different ones. Um, like we've heard Chris Rump is a potential uh, defensive staffer in some capacity. He worked at Clemson, of course, as a D-line coach. He played at South Carolina. He's, he's coached all over the place in college football. He's with the Houston Texans right now. 
Um, he's a name that's out. His name is out there. Um, Jay Bateman, the defensive coordinator at North Carolina, his name is out there. Um, Justin Stepp, who, who's a former Clemson graduate assistant, who's who who went with Chad Morris to SMU and then to Arkansas. And Stepp is still at Arkansas, and he's a receivers coach there, and his name's been out there. Um, but there's some some thought from some people that that Stepp uh, is going to try to you know really make his path uh, at Arkansas and maybe be in line to get that offensive coordinator job um, once Bryles leaves, Kendall Bryles. Um, so I don't know, it just, it, there's a lot that's, that's I, I, excuse me, there hadn't been a lot that's floated around out there. Um, and, and I think the biggest delay for, for everything and, and moving forward from a staff standpoint is tomorrow being signing day and that, that signing period running through Friday. And of course, you know, teams still playing regular season games and, and just now getting into uh, conference championship games and uh, getting closer to, in some cases, some bowl games. Uh, so there, there are a lot of, a lot of different kind of factors um, that are that have sort of slowed things down, and to, to Beamer's credit, have have made him want to to be uh, as low key as possible when it comes to to running uh, these various searches for his staff. So uh, I, I think there could be some movement here at some point this week. We'll see. Okay. Is part of, I mean, is what's maybe going to take it a little bit longer? Didn't he say that he's sticking around at Oklahoma until the season's done? Yes, yeah, so they uh, they were supposed to play last Saturday against – they were supposed to go to West Virginia. I think West Virginia had some COVID issues, so that game got called off. And this Saturday, uh, Oklahoma's playing Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game. And uh, we, we're expecting that he's – this is something uh, – news that John Whittle broke, who I work with at the Big Spur, uh, he reported last night that it looks like Beamer uh, will be done after uh, – the Big 12 championship game and and be 100% head coach at South Carolina. Okay, I see. Well, that's good to know. Okay, so let's fast forward to next season when hopefully we can see Clemson and South Carolina uh, on the field together again. Where do you expect South Carolina to be at that point? And, I mean, how much of an improvement do you think that team will see from this point this season to next year? Uh, it's tough to say how how I think they're going to look at next year because they're still, they're, they're going to be really focused on uh, the transfer portal. So there's still a lot of areas where they could upgrade from a personnel standpoint and add some experience and, and some productivity that they may not necessarily have right now and, and probably won't be able to, to add from, from, you know, the traditional recruiting means. Uh, so it, it's tough to say because of that. And of course we don't know who's, on plays on offense. We don't know who the defensive coordinator is going to be. There are just so many questions left to be answered that, that it's really hard to, in my opinion, to, to try to project how things are going to look. I mean, we don't know which guys who are on the team are going to transfer or uh, if any others are going to try to go pro. Uh, just just a lot, a lot of uh, unknowns at this point, especially when it comes to uh, trying to size up how, how competitive they can be with Clemson. Um, yeah. Everything they're doing right now. Yeah. Well, we'd love for the rivalry to get back to being competitive. That's for sure. So I think one of the ways that he mentioned he wants to try to improve the program was to build what he's called the premier culture in college football. Uh, so what do you expect him to change around the program? And what's he going to do to try to accomplish that task? I think probably the easiest place for him to start, at least from sort of the outside looking in, is 
is getting the team and, and, and players around people around the team believing in the team again, like it's sort of one of those things that, that developed over time that, you know, you, you kind of kick yourself for not recognizing as it's happening, but I mean, there, there was just a lot of talk uh, under Muschamp about players developing as individuals and, and, you know, maximizing their individual ability. Like I don't, I, and I don't say that to say like, Oh, they weren't trying to go out and win games as a team or anything like that. Cause they certainly were, but it just seemed like that was sort of the, the natural flow of things coming out of recruiting guys. Cause you know, South Carolina doesn't have much of a trophy case to recruit to. And, you know, must champion his staff certainly made no bones about that uh, on the recruiting trail. So, and what do you, what do you say to, to try to get guys who want to come play for you? It's like, well, we can help you get to the league. Everybody wants to go play in the pros after college. Um, so must champion the staff really focused on, on making that a selling point. And, and I think in some cases that could kind of, kind of get a little too much attention, even as guys got into their college careers. And, uh, that just seemed to be, I don't want to say more, more of a focus, but it was just, there, there wasn't a lot of <laughs> too, too much talk, especially relative to Clemson. And, and when, when it, and, just me being around that program and hearing Dabo talk about like the team, the team, the team and all that stuff during his early years. Uh, there, there wasn't quite as much of that at South Carolina. And certainly uh, as things progressed under, under Muschamp, there, there weren't, weren't a lot of those types of things being said. So I, I think that's the first place Shane Beamer should start and probably will start honestly is, is trying to, to reinvigorate uh, folks the team, the fan base, whoever, into uh, sort of uniting again and, and believing, believing in each other for for the greater good, as opposed to you know maybe focusing on the individual side of things. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Well, I mean, we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting. I know a lot of these questions had to do with things that you. <laughs> it's impossible to know at this point, but. Uh, I guess it's a, yeah. it, it's an exciting time for USC and a new chapter, and we'll see what happens. So, hey, Hale, I really appreciate the time, and thanks for joining us. And for all our listeners out there, you can follow Hale on Twitter at Hale McGranahan, and we'll be sure to link to your account in our uh, episode show notes and on our website as well. So thanks for joining us, and we'll have to talk, hopefully, maybe before uh, next year's game, as long as we have one. I'm looking forward to actually seeing South Carolina out on the field again. Yeah, hoping, hoping to see that too. It's always one of my favorite days of the year and I appreciate you having me brother thanks yeah thanks be all in on the best Clemson podcast around by subscribing on Apple podcast Spotify or wherever you get your podcast and while you're there it'd be cool if you left us a positive review